Six to WCCF Radio. Uh, if you're listening on AM, it's AM 680. And if you're listening on FM, it's 98.5. And you can put a button for each of those on your car, and you can listen and stay up with the weather and the news and everything all through the holidays and, indeed, 365-plus days per year. Tom Kearney here on this Tuesday night. It's December 22nd. We're more than a day into winter already, and uh, we're going to apparently have evidence of it uh, uh, this weekend, uh, the temperature uh, on uh, Friday night, Christmas night, I believe it's supposed to be down to 20 degrees. And my guest tonight is my very own brother. Stephen, are you there? Hey, Tom. Hey, are you there? I'm here, Tom. I was talking about the weather a little bit, and I was thinking about you today. I can remember when you and I were in the newspaper business uh, many years ago. There was one Christmas morning that we were delivering newspapers, uh, and uh, it was plus four degrees, I believe. But it was a very dry cold, so it didn't seem quite as bad. I think that was one of the days that you threw the paper in the man's flower bed and had to had to, to run real fast to get away. But uh, yeah, it, it could have been that day, but uh, we had one day like that, and then we had another day where we got out of the car and we rode it about four feet into a snowdrift. So. Uh, Right, and there was another day you got out of the car and lightning struck about 20 feet away, and I told you we'd get back in the car. We'd get back in the car. It could wait until the good Lord got through with the storm. That's how we are. We're pretty friendly. I'm older than Stephen is, and that plays a part in what we're going to have for our program tonight because we're going to talk about cartoons. It has become a tradition with us over the last 25 years or however many to uh, on the last... uh, Really, the last uh, trivia night, which would be last Friday night before Christmas, uh, to uh, talk about uh, that that part of the television entertainment that we witness as young people, in which whatever we grew up to be, we probably, regardless of our socioeconomic situation, our social class, our race, color, creed, uh, origin, or whatever, whether we grew up to be the president or uh, the guy who picks up the the uh, the trash in the park, we all watch Saturday morning cartoons, and that's what we're going to talk about tonight. If you don't know who Hannah and Barbara were, if you stay tuned, you will find out. And Terry Tunes, and Stephen, I looked up a whole bunch of stuff today, so I hope you're ready to rock and roll with this a little bit. We're here, every night, right. by the way, for you listeners who are new with us tonight, uh, Monday through Friday from 9 until 10. Uh, with a little bit of live and in real time radio, we have guests a good many nights. We have a lot of regular programming, and most every Friday night we have some sort of trivia, and we have certain traditions we try to carry on, and Stephen is our expert on television and movie trivia. He knows a lot of other kinds, too, but those are especially for us, and so we're going to talk about cartoons tonight, but we have not rehearsed this. This is the kind of stuff we used to do when we were traveling, going to see Civil War battlefields or whatever, or just sitting around on the couch one when I was uh, in college and would come home late at night from a date or something, I couldn't sleep late the next morning because the little seven-year-old guy was in there dragging me out of bed, wanting me to watch cartoons with him. So here we go with the conversation. Stephen, what do you want to talk about first tonight? Well, you know, you said you did a lot of research on this, and I did a fair amount, too. And, of course, we did a lot of living associated with this. And uh, Saturday morning uh, television is, I think, interesting in many ways because and, and we talked a little bit about this, I think, on Friday night, uh, uh, that um, you have said that television is, uh, 
a uh, an experience and medium that uh, everybody, and you even said that tonight, is something that everybody experiences. And within that uh, uh, context, uh, the Saturday morning programming may be something that even uh, even more people experience. In other words, most people have this idea of getting up on Saturday and watching cartoons. And most times, they were born at a certain time. Uh, and that, that's something that will come up in our conversation tonight, is that the, the phenomenon that we were talking about, the, the existence of this Saturday morning thing, actually ended uh, about uh, the first part of the 2000s and made a little bit of a comeback to the degree that, as I mentioned on Friday night and as we talked about earlier, uh, the new TV network, the retro network, or at least one of them, is uh, devoting a three-hour block of its Saturday morning uh, television programming to um, uh, reliving those times, Tom, by showing us uh, three hours of cartoons that we all uh, enjoyed as children or as young people. So I think we want to start there, Tom. What, do you remember what you watched on a Saturday morning, or did you just immediately go and uh, go to the movies? Because I know you spent a lot of Saturday in the movie there. Well, I, I watched whatever was on, and I tend to talk about uh, Looney Tunes and Merry Melodies. Uh, and I found out today for one thing, here's your factoid to begin the program. You, anyone listening will have learned something probably, is that after 1943, Looney Tunes and Merry Melodies, the the uh, names that were given to the Warner Brothers cartoons were the same. Uh, even though they had different names, they basically were the same cartoons. Uh, and they sort of split, split uh, if they had 100 cartoons, uh, Fifty of them were called Looney Tunes, and fifty of them were called Merry Melodies. But you always saw that title at the beginning, and I always look forward. I think the uh, the the form that you and I got the the Looney Tunes and the Merry Melodies in was the Bugs Bunny and Roadrunner show. Does that sound right to you? And it ran for a couple of hours on Saturday morning. But before that, and around that, were Hanna Barbera cartoons, uh, MGM cartoons, which would be. Uh, and if I'm stealing your thunder, you can stop me. MGM cartoons would, would be particularly Tom and Jerry. I thought about today how much I enjoyed watching Mighty Mouse. Here he comes to save the day. And and all Ken Harry and Pearl Purehart and all of the characters were on that show. Now, now you you take the ball and run with it a little bit. Well, I'm going to just play off a of few segue. Uh, Tom, the Saturday morning programming uh, has a very adult beginning think about it, and it's one that we experienced a whole lot, and that is, uh, what made the network's money? And uh, they discovered in the uh, early 50s, now television began to talk about 1948 or so, um, uh, we did uh, programming in the early 50s, they discovered that children are home on Saturdays, they're not in school, and that advertisers could make money by showing children's programming and advertising on those programming. Um, but in the early days of television time, we don't have a lot of product, okay? Yeah. Uh, so uh, in order to fill up that time, sell that ad space, make money for networks, we had to come up with programming. And you already mentioned uh, Hannah Barbera tonight and also uh, Tom and Jerry, but they fit two categories we saw in the 50s, Tom. Uh, uh, there's what was known as limited animation, and that's where the okay. animation okay. Can we go back for just a second? Sure. Because I jumped the gun a little bit, and you made a, you made a very good point. And 
drawing attention to the fact that in the early days of television and looking for children's programming, a lot of it was repackaged programming that would have, was originally shown in movie theaters. In fact, uh, most of the, the Looney Tunes things were made to be shown in theaters, and in fact were, and then were repackaged for television a little bit later. And uh, uh, but most of the, the Hanna-Barbera stuff was it generated particularly for television. That's true. Uh, cartoons made for movie theaters include the Looney Tunes and Mary Melodies, and as you said, those divisions of Warner Brothers that essentially are the same thing. Uh, Tom and Jerry cartoons were appended attached to movies. Mighty Mouse Tom, Heckle and Jekyll, Woody Woodpecker are the ones that come, are the most common are the ones that were made and shown in movie theaters. That uh, product, that, uh, that source of material was still out there in the 1950s when television became, began to become more common. And so, as you say, to use your term, they were repackaged for showing on Saturday morning. Uh, there was, however, a group of uh, shows, uh, limited, a- limited animation time, uh, things like Bullwinkle. There's not a lot of animation in Bullwinkle, okay? But it's very entertaining, and Bullwinkle, in a way, is probably were made equally for children and adults. If we could post them in the entire program on that. And we're talking about uh, filmation. Uh, the, the Pate Freeling people, the Jay Warner, the Jay Ward production, which is Bill Winkle, and Hanna Barbera. Now, Tom, the most famous Hanna Barbera character is probably somebody like Red Bear. Excuse me, I lost the end of what you said there. You got clipped a little bit. What, what, what oh, I'm sorry, Yogi Bear would probably Yogi be Bear, the most okay. The Picnic Baskets. The Picnic Basket. Uh, there also uh, reruns of. Uh, shows Tom in, up until the late 60s of uh, cartoons that were made for prime time. We're talking The Flintstones, which was thrown from 1960 to 1966. Top Cat, The Jetsons. My favorite cartoon, Johnny Quest, was one that was on when prime time had a 7.30 hour time. Uh, also, um, the gentleman that made The Chipmunks, he had a show called The Alvin Show. Uh, these were all that came along early. And so when we started watching with you and I, and I was seven, uh, what we had was that first time we had a show called uh, Rooney Tunes, or the Bugs Bunny Comedy Hour, because Bugs Bunny is the most prominent War Brothers character. And we also had the Roadrunner Hour, okay? So they eventually joined together to become the Bugs Bunny Roadrunner Hour, or essentially Rooney Tunes in an expanded form. Well, now we need to stop and take a break, but I want to say something to you. I want to remember, what I want you to do is remember that we need to come back and talk about this. But doing research for the programs, I ran across the program. I couldn't remember the name of it, but I knew it was back there somewhere that I really liked, and that is Tom Slick and George of the Jungle. And what was the third part of that call? I can't can't remember, but it was Henry Cabot Chicken Cooper or somebody like that. Uh, Super Chicken. Super Chicken, yes, Super Chicken. That was really one of my favorites there. And and his dog, Fred. And do you remember what he said to Fred in the beginning of each one of the cartoons? Uh, I'm afraid I don't. Uh, What did he say? Well, Fred had a shirt on, and it had an F on it. And what was unique (laughs) about the F is it was on there backwards. And there would be an explosion, and Fred would look really bad. And 
and the Henry Cabot chicken cooper, or whatever his name was, would look him in the eye and remember, remind him that you knew what the job was like when you took it, and reminding him that, that he had to be, be there <laughs> to uh, to uh, uh, take a few explosions along the way. Well, you can tell that I I got a big kick out of, of reviewing this and being reminded of it, and I guess why you and I are secretly, or perhaps not secretly hoping, is that our listeners will get a big kick out of being reminded of something that may have drifted off as they've aged and gotten to where they have to take life a lot more seriously than you do when you're watching the wacky racers and uh, things like that. Tom Kearney here. Stephen Kearney is over there. Uh, a, a person who is an acquaintance of ours has labeled us the Kearney Brothers film at 11, and I guess that's all right, too. We're talking about cartoons and what used to be called Saturday morning programming from the time just after the war when they began to be on Saturday morning to uh, to uh, entertain younger folks. Uh, I have been listening on the radio, Stephen, to something called No School Today, and some of our listeners will remember Big John and Sparky. But that's a radio program and something for another night. We're going to be talking about Mighty Mouse and Pearl Pureheart and, and things like that. Uh, and uh, we're going to pause now and take a break and come back and entertain some more thoughts about cartoon programs of yore. John Kearney here on WCPS 1024. I have two clocks and they're aligned and if my case is the wrong one, I'm going to have to fix that. It's 924 on WPTF. Uh, Stephen Kearney is our guest tonight and we are on part two of our reconsideration or our consideration of what we call Saturday morning programming. We had the trivia version of it last Friday night and had some good calls and the people who remember the shows we were talking about, and, and I hope they are, in fact, listening tonight as we're kind of doing a little bit of the history of the shows and and uh, evaluating them and putting them in their place. Now, where were we, Stephen, when, when we went away? You, you had been talking about Hannah and Barbera, I think. Yeah, well, we were uh, just about uh, somewhere between the mid-50s to the mid-60s, Tom, and uh, what we've got are shows uh, that... Uh, um, had limited animation shows that had been on prime time originally that were now shown on Saturday morning, as well as uh, cartoons that have formerly uh, been shown before uh, movies. Uh, Tom, when I was young, I, when I first started going to movies, uh, especially like movies in which I could see a cartoon before the movie, and of course that gradually ended because the, the, the movie people figured out that there was worth to be gained by showing 15 minutes preview, right, or trailers. Uh, but I didn't miss even today seeing a good cartoon before the feature-length presentation, Tom. So if they don't show you a cartoon, you're just not in as good a mood as you would be. Is that what you're telling me? Well, I sure like to see uh, Roadrunner and, and uh, Wally Coyote before I watch whatever drama I had gone see and spent money for. Tom, well, uh, oh, if this Go ahead. I was going to say, oh, Wiley Coyote, I, I don't I really want to interrupt you, but I do want to go down the trail of a little bit of the history of Wiley Coyote, because I think originally he was not chasing the Roadrunner, but he was chasing Bugs Bunny. Well, again, Bugs is going to be older than uh, the Roadrunner. Uh, so <laughs> it's interesting that we're looking at it in this way, but Tom, uh, the... Uh, the Roadrunner and, and the, the Coyote are their natural enemies, so whenever we get the Roadrunner, obviously we're going to get the uh, the Coyote, but uh, I think it was Bugs Bunny, and then 
there was a uh, fairly famous standalone where uh, Wally Cody is not Wally Cody. He's actually uh, named something like Ralph, and he's dealing with a sheepdog, Tom, because he's stealing sheep. You might remember this. So oh, I actually looked at that car. cartoon today. It's, uh, it's some of the really interesting and charming uh, Warner Brothers cartoons are, are standalone kind of things. Yeah, the series were always very popular, and Bugs Bunny, of course, was the most popular. In fact, the first year that, that I did this show, I interviewed a guy who had written a book about Bugs Bunny called 50 Years in One Gray Hair, H-A-R-E. And, of course, it was uh, 1988, and it was the... 50th anniversary of Bugs Bunny. He he made his debut, I think, in 1938. And uh, but uh, uh, well, probably, it, uh, yeah, I think I can argue, perhaps, with some argument, that two of the most recognizable media caricatures today. One of them is Bugs Bunny, and the other one, of course, belongs to the Disney people. You mean Mickey Mouse? Mickey Mouse. M I C K E Y. M-O-U-S-E. Now, did you watch the Mickey Mouse Club when you were a kid? No. Uh, I, was, I came up, Tom, when there was a break. I think that show was shown primarily in the afternoon. And, right. uh, and, and there, was, it, there was an earlier version in which we know about that because the most famous person for that uh, would be Annette for the cello, Tom. Right, and she was the... Uh, the musketeer that all the guys thought was so cute, and you're right, that was the 1950s. In fact, there's a there's a there is an older version, Tom, that has uh, Britney Spears, Justin Timberlake, um, uh, uh, several others. I don't want to say Christina Aguilera. I'm not sure. Uh, no, I mean, no, she was in there. In fact, one of my favorite actresses on the Hallmark movies is a woman named Nikki uh, Deloche. And she was a member with those two people you just, those two babes you just named. Uh, and, and it would be fair to call them that because that's how it was all marketed. It was Christine right. Aguilera and uh, Bendy Spears. Uh, but uh, uh, anyway, she's uh, doing Hallmark movies now, doing very well. And that was called the New Mickey Mouse Club, and, and I'm going between those two. Yes. So what I watched in the afternoon, Tom, was, Somebody called Whitney the Hobo. <laughs> well, we might talk a little bit about Whitney the Hobo in the second half of this show tonight, just because he was a local phenomenon. But most local stations had a version of that. WRAL's version was the unforgettable Uncle Paul. But right now, Stephen, we need to catch the news. It's December 22nd. Forty-eight hours from now, we'll be we'll waist deep in Christmas Eve, and we'll have special programming on WPTF. We'll not be here uh, that night, uh, and uh, special programming. Uh, uh, John, what time does the Hall of Special Edition of it? It's a special edition of the Hall of Fame. It begins at six o'clock. Is that right? Uh, six o'clock starts with a CBS special. A CBS special, okay, and then we'll have some local stuff and some uh, programs. Uh, Reminiscent of Christmas. I think there's going to be an episode of the Jack Benny show that I'm looking forward to hear, hearing. But things that, uh, and Christmas music along. And I think that's going to run through Christmas Eve, I mean Christmas night, if I remember correctly. And uh, we won't, uh, well, if you're, we, we would hope you would not be driving, but if you are, if you're coming 
back from Grandma's house, uh, that would be a good channel to to have your radio on, 680 and uh, AM 98.5. Tonight, uh, my guest is my very own brother, Stephen Kearney. Years ago, he and I started doing uh, a special program uh, in the midst of the Christmas season that didn't necessarily have a direct connection to the Christmas season, but somehow the Christmas season reminded us of the Saturday mornings he and I spent watching cartoons and the days later riding around in the car, sitting on the couch, spent talking about those particular programs. And so we started doing the last trivia night, the last Friday night before Christmas. Well, the last Friday night before Christmas was last Friday night, and we had our trivia part of this. But we wanted to devote another another uh, show to it. I did, because we didn't have enough time to really talk about the shows that uh, compose what we call Saturday morning programming. And there can be a little bit of drift from this because some of the programs, as Stephen has pointed out, Stephen, you pointed out, some of them were primetime shows that had been packaged or repackaged to show on Saturday morning. And I can think of, uh, uh, what is the, 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 the Flintstones, I think, is the show I'm trying to think of. But the Jetsons, maybe, were shows that were, were primetime shows that ended up on Saturday morning. Right, Tom. I want to move, if we could, now into the 60s because uh, it's important to note that what was happening on Saturday morning as we go through time is reflective of what was happening in society. And, and television is a lot like that in its general sense, but certainly in its depictions in Saturday morning cartoons. You've already mentioned one, Tom. Um, things that were prevalent in the 60s that became reflected in Saturday morning cartoons were, for instance, Superheroes, Tom. We had uh, Superman, Aquaman, Fantastic Four, Spider-Man, Space Ghost, the Herculoids. We had parodies of these, which were mentioned Super Chicken earlier. This was during the period of time when Batman comes along, Tom, where we had the secret identity and the superhero. Batman and Robin was on primetime. Saturday morning, we got Underdog. We got Super Chicken. A parody of Tarzan, Tom, is... George of the Jungle. Uh, we also had uh, cartoons based on popular music groups, The Beatles, Jackson 5, uh, The Osmonds. Uh, we had quasi-studio uh, groups like The Archies and Josie and the Pussycats, Tom. And eventually we get around to dealing with um, two genres that, that kind of came along and worked together. One is uh, Muppets or puppets as characters, which is Sid and Marty Croft's production company. That gives us H.R. Puffin stuff, Sigmund and the Sea Monsters. Uh, we get some live action from the Banana Splits, which is a bracket program around which you saw animation. But Tom, something was happening in the movies that became a big fad. Like Zorro of the 50s, in the 60s, it was James Bond. Uh-huh. Well, well now this is this is good for me because uh, that history that you and I had of watching cartoons is going to begin to fizzle out a little bit because uh, uh, after the, the mid 1960s, you and I are not going to live in the same place anymore. We we might uh, that's right. That's right. Watch and you're cartoons. Going to have an adult life and I'm going to try to get there. <laughs> but but I I'll admit to continuing to enjoy watching particularly the Warner Brothers cartoons and. Some of the ones I can remember, uh, I had some duties on Saturday morning, and usually they began about the time that, that they, the Banana Splits came on. So I, 
I didn't see that necessarily a lot, but I, I managed to watch an occasional episode, kind of being a student of cartoons and uh, that kind of stuff. Now, you have said that Johnny Quest was your favorite. Why was Johnny Quest your favorite? Because it was an adult story show when I was a kid, and I, I understood it, was entertained by it. Uh, there were comedy elements associated with it, but it was an adventure thing. Uh, it was uh, uh, young boys out having uh, Indiana Jones-type adventures in the early to mid-60s, and it became very, very popular. Uh, there's been a couple of movies, even a uh, updated TV show a series about it. It was only on one season, Tom, but the the animation was really good for a children's program. Um, I, I, I do want to uh, to go back to the the super excuse me the secret agent thing, the James Bond thing for a moment. Tom, you remember that the Beverly Hillbillies Jethro was double a double knot spy. Yep. Well, on Saturday morning programming, live action programming. We got another type of secret agent that was a favorite of yours. I knew you. I re- just realized what you were up to. Yes, it certainly was one of my favorites. And do I say it or do you say it? I'm going to let you take the, the, the lead here. We'll talk about it. Lancelot, Lancelot Link, Secret Chimp. You know, the, the Superstation used to, when it had time to fill after a ball game or something, it had a bunch of little dramas that were created that were people not by human beings but by... I guess they were chimpanzees. Would you say that was, was the right thing? I think I think so, Tom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You, do you know what I mean? They, I, they, this is different from the particular show that I liked. But the show that I liked that was a part of the double knot phenomena that Jethro Bodine wanted to participate in. Uh, oh, something. Uh, Get smart and all of that that kind of stuff was Lancelot Link's secret chimp. And uh, you'll have to help me with the with the with the acronyms. They were chumps and and uh, I forget what the other ones, but the best part of it was Lancelot's girlfriend, who was Matta Harry, uh, not, not Matta, like the the spy lady from World War One. But uh, and then if well, you there, there are two things that join there: the, the secret agent thing and the rock uh, things. This is still uh, the Beatles, Tom. They even had a, a music group involving chimpanzees. Do you remember that? I remember seeing it. I couldn't tell you anything about it. But we've got to go back and talk about John, June Lockhart for just a moment because we had a trivia question about Lancelot Lake's secret chimp on our Saturday morning program. And the distinguished actress who happened to be in the triangle, I have surmised, I did not ask her, to to visit her family, her I think her daughter probably, and and her grandchild lived in Cary, but she called us up, and that is one of the uh, highlights of our lives. And and she said, Tom, I, I enjoy your show, and I I played in the movies with, and she was talking about Lancelot with with that chimpanzee, and uh, and I said, it's it's Lassie's mother, which in fact she had that role for about fifteen or twenty years, and. You knew that she had been in, what was the name of the program? Uh, Lost in Space. Lost in Space. And so that was one of the high points of our radio career, was having Miss Lockhart came, come in. But I still have She did not necessarily enjoy all of her interaction with the chimpanzee. Oh, I got the impression she didn't either. Uh, uh, but I, I, I would watch Lancelot Lake, Chase Secret Chimp, tomorrow morning 
In fact, I may get on YouTube tonight and see if I can find a, an episode. I, found, I think that the, uh, the band was called the Evolution Revolution. <laughs> Certainly it would be. Charles Darwin would be, would be, would be pleased. But it was it was tongue in cheek and tongue everywhere else, if you will. Um, but it was enjoyable and it was uh, it was stupid in a way, but it was so stupid it was fun. And, oh yeah, uh, it was it was ridiculous, of course, but it was also entertaining, and, and that's after all what they they were about. But I, when you were naming off the shows uh, uh, about five minutes ago, I, I'm always impressed. And when I was doing my research today with the amount of material that was, in fact, generated to supply the Saturday morning market. And this went on through the 80s, 90s, and into and about, I think, things sort of closed down on what we were calling Saturday morning program about 2004 or someplace like that. But you have... Pretty uh, much, Tom. I am in the 80s and 90s, we have some original programming, uh, some new original programming, some different ones than than the ones we, we talked about. Uh, uh, I, I was going to look at my notes here to see if I could give you some of those and having trouble telling the page to you. In the 80s, we had uh, the spot comes from a Belgian comic strip, Tom. Uh, we had uh, My Little Pony, which is about selling toys, Tom, because that became something in the 80s. Is, uh, the way to sell your toy is to do a cartoon about it. That's probably uh, what I Pardon? I said that's probably the ultimate in product placement, wouldn't you say? Sure, sure. Uh, Garfield the Cat, Tom, started out as a uh, strip in the newspaper, and eventually he became multimedia. Uh, but around uh, in the 90s time, uh, interest began to wane. Uh, the generation that grew up watching cartoons grew up. And uh, there were a number of things that were happening. We talked about these in other shows. Uh, television spinners off into various streams of interest. Uh, it, it even split off into different networks, Tom. Uh, but we also had to deal with uh, watch groups that were saying that the programming that was on for children was uh, inappropriate. Uh, there was litigation, congressional hearings, uh, books, articles written about how the 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 things your child is watching is making your child a bad child. Of particular note, we talked about this often, Tom, is the show Tom and Jerry, and uh, Tom and Jerry had fair amount of violence in it, if you will. Uh, it began, uh, I believe, uh, the segment of the symptoms known as itchy and scratchy. I'm almost sure of that. Uh, and that's played for fun. It was not played for fun by the watch groups, Tom, and uh, I don't really believe in that. I mean, I'll just, just put that out there. I don't think that Tom and Jerry has made anybody become a hardened criminal or excessively violent. That's just not my way of thinking. I think there are a lot of environmental and sociological reasons for somebody becoming violent or aggressive, Tom. Uh, but well, now, I don't think it's Tom and Jerry. We're going to take a break, but when we come back, I want you to help me remember who these were. We've talked about these people before, but... The, uh, there, there was a uh, a retro uh, comedy channel. It wasn't really; it was a cartoon channel that was on uh, the digital part of my TV screen, and I can't remember what the name of it was. But there was one. There were several 
different cartoons that had run for brief periods and sometimes not so brief periods. One of them was had to do with a western fort and uh, 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 the, the people who the animals who people did. It was kind of a takeoff on F Troop, and you may know what that was. I can't cannot remember the name of it, but but we'll have well, a. I don't know if we need to take a break now or not. Time. I think we're pretty close to that time. But uh, uh, that was the Go Go Gophers. Go Go Gophers. Hold on. Let's talk about the Go Go Gophers. We need to take a break now. And when we come back, and that'll be the last segment of the program. Tom Kearney, along with Stephen Kearney, reminding you of the cartoons that uh, people's Saturday morning television in days of yore, in the last uh, half of the, the 20th century. And. Uh, Christmas is a time of memories, and maybe this, this is a good time to think about some of those programs. We'll be back to talk about the Go Go Gophers and maybe some other shows like that right after this. Being involved with the idea of what we used to call Saturday morning programming, and I mentioned a little earlier uh, that I used to be listening to, to Saturday morning program, but when it was on the radio, I'm older than he is, and there was a time when we didn't have a television, and my favorite Saturday morning program was called No School Today, and one night, we'll, Stephen, we'll have a trivia question, and we'll ask uh, our audience to tell us the theme song of No School Today, and uh, and uh, there was a uh, another program that came on right after it that uh, was about uh, Space, Space Cadet, I think was the name of it, but that's a uh, when we come back and talk about uh, pro Saturday morning programming and programming for radio. But uh, uh, as we mentioned when we were promoing the WPTF special programming that begins uh, uh, Christmas Eve, uh, one of the things you can hear is uh, the Jack Benny program, and I hope you will listen to it enough to hear that because it's always a wonderfully funny program, and uh, I always enjoyed listening to it. Uh, Stephen, you were going to tell us about the uh, the warriors out in the, the fort somewhere in Wyoming or somewhere, weren't you? Well, well if... Uh, the Go-Go Gophers as well. The Go-Go Gophers, yeah. I, when I was uh, younger, I would always search out the comedy program. And um, one of the comedy programs that I enjoyed started... Uh, um, I'm trying to remember the older gentleman's name, but it started Larry Stewart's time. And, uh, oh, F Troop. Yeah, F Troop, yeah. And uh, the, the gentleman who's the first Tucker, first Tucker and, and Larry Storch played in F Troop. Ken Berry was the bumbling, uh, you can almost read Colonel Clink into that, Tom. He was the bumbling head of the uh, Fort, uh, I think it's called Fort Courage, of all things. Uh, James Hampton was uh, the bugler, and he uh, somehow managed to, they somehow managed to end up kicking over the cannon who had a loose wheel, and when the cannon would fall over, would shoot off and destroy the watchtower. But anyway, uh, that was a funny show, and uh, that primetime show gave rise to a cartoon on Saturday morning called The Gay Girl Gophers. One of the things that's uh, fairly prominent in Saturday morning television, Tom, is making um, uh, animals talk and be like human. Now, there's a term for that. It's um, anthropomorphism, uh, I think. Anthropomorphism, yes. Make an inanimate object or an animal. Be human-like, and uh, they what they did is they took gophers time and basically made them into the character of F Troop, and it was called Go Go Gophers, and the gophers became 
for his Tucker or his Ford. I'm not sure. I can't remember if they actually did the voices or not. But even the Indian characters, Tom, were populated by Goofy. And you left out the lady. You remember Melanie? Oh, yeah. Well, that, was, that was, I think that her name was Kathy Brown. Uh, uh, she, uh, she was the old um, uh, interest for Ken Berry on Earth Troop. And uh, I, I believe there was a, a version of that, uh, a female character Tom. Yeah, uh, as far as I can remember, it's been a long time. It seems like there were some other shows like the Go-Go Gophers, and there were shows that tended to be animals pretending to be detectives and things like that. And, uh, uh, yeah, well, you had Hong Kong Pooey in the 70s. Uh, I think it's the dog, Tom, who uh, there was a, you'll remember, a Kung Fu craze going on in the 70s, and this particular superhero uh, dog uh, would change from being a mild-mannered uh, janitor, Tom, into a kung fu expert. Um, the, uh, uh, the uh, Pink Panther people, Tom, had an aardvark that spoke, I think he sounded like Gary Bishop or somebody like that, Tom. You know, and uh, I had forgotten about the artwork, yes. And you know, one of the first famous ones is uh, Wally Cox playing a super dog, under dog, Tom, uh, sweet pie, good weather, dog, dog. Right, and what was the Canadian Mountie that uh, uh, was uh, in competition for Deadly Do Right? Yeah, he was, a, he was a part of the underdog, uh, and uh. Was the, you know uh, the name of his horse, right, Tom? Well, he always kissed his horse, but what was the guy? Was it Snidely Whiplash that was always trying to like, run off with uh, the the lady? I can't remember her name. Pearl Pureheart was Mickey Mouse, Mickey Mouse's girlfriend, and all had all Ken Harry was the bad guy in that one. Well, we had. Uh, I want to say her name was. Uh, oh, I can't think of the one in, in Dudley, but Dudley's the horse was named Horse. And uh, uh, I want to say something like Penelope something. Uh, Penelope Pearheart. Something like that, yeah. That's a takeoff on the old uh, style of movies, Tom, where the bad guy, usually with a long, flowing, black mustache and a top hat, would tie the young damsel in distress to the railroad track. And there was a popular rock and roll song called Along Came Jones then that... uh, and Jones, of course, is the good guy who comes and rescues the... the. In fact, you mentioned the Beverly Hillbillies earlier. There was a, a couple of segments of it that were built around that particular story. So there was a lot of uh, uh, connection between the various uh, entertainment shows that uh, uh, either were for juveniles or were juvenile in their production. Stephen, we're going to have to go. We've done this for another year now. We were just about out of time. But I want to thank you for making yourself available to do this tonight. And I, I, I know all of us hope you uh, have a good vacation and uh, uh, come back with some, some more trivia before too long. Uh, and maybe we'll and get on time. I, I just want well, to put in a plan, not for the, the actual product, but for the idea of the, 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 the January 3rd that I have uh, starting Okay, fine. Stephen Kearney is the guest. Tom Kearney here. Tomorrow night, a little bit of nostalgia, and we're going to talk about, uh, by way of a recognition of our anniversary, 
putting up and taking down your Christmas tree. 